you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. The most important thing is to step back, not make irrational decisions when you're in an emotional state. That was really hard. You know, uh, I think we've all wanted to write emails that were ugly to people and it, it, that only worsened the situation. So taking the time to step back, think through it, not make emotional drastic decisions when you're stressed out. That's one of the most important thing. And then being able to reach out to somebody that you, you like and trust that is, can listen to you and can give you really great advice because they've been through it or they know somebody that's been there. That's the best advice I can give somebody when they're going through hell. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon Podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday in the Facebook group where I interview one of our community members. We talk about mindset, personal development, and entrepreneurship, but more importantly, I wanted to interview the members of the Mindset Nation community so that we can get to know each other even more. You can join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says MindsetNation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. So my guest today is Scott Carson, who is a nationally syndicated radio and podcast host of the popular Note Closers show podcast with millions of listeners each month. He has been an active real estate investor and entrepreneur since 2002, focused on the niche of distressed mortgage investing. For the past 10 years, he has been helping real estate investors and entrepreneurs create wealth through his teachings and strategies. He's a highly sought-after speaker and podcast guest with thousands of speaking appearances at events across the country. He has also been featured in many media outlets, including Investors Business Daily, The Wall Street Journal, and Inc.com. He spends his free time traveling to new places and making memories he calls Austin, Texas home. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Scott's entrepreneurial journey and how he became known as the Node Guy. We talk about what mindsets helped him become widely successful as an entrepreneur. In the middle of the episode, he shares one of his recent challenges as an entrepreneur and how he managed to stay on track despite adversities. Closer to the end of the episode, Scott talks about his podcast 
and he also shares the secrets of creating a successful podcast that can help you scale your business exponentially. In the end, Scott recommends some really powerful books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes. Simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Scott Carson to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's incredible guest. Hi, Scott, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm honored to be here, Tibber. I honestly just absolutely thrilled. Uh, love what you're doing with the podcast and uh, look forward to future episodes as well as the, the stuff and binging on the previous ones. Yeah, absolutely. I am super excited to have you on and I'm excited to dive into your world and, and learn more about you and, and tap into your mindset a, a little bit as well. Uh, since you're a successful entrepreneur, I'm just curious, you know, about your way of thinking. And I wanted to start this conversation with, with your story, but maybe more importantly, what is it that you do today? What are some of the things that you're most passionate about today? And how you basically got there to become the note guy. <laughs> yeah. So what is a note? I think it's probably the first question. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm from Austin, Texas, here in the United States. And I've been a real estate investor for about 20 years. So, you know, buying, selling real estate. But inside of that niche, inside of real estate, there is a niche that focuses on buying uh, mortgages, buying notes. And here in the United States, people take out mortgages for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years on residential commercial properties to be able to afford those. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and my niche is when somebody stops buying or somebody, somebody stops paying their mortgage payment on a monthly basis, it becomes a distressed note. And we buy those types of notes from banks and lending institutions across the country because we buy that debt at a big discount, even though the property is still worth a specific amount, we're able to buy that debt at significant discounts and then become the bank, become the lender. And we make our money by either trying to work it out with the, the homeowner or the property owner in some sort of modification or reinstatement. Or if they won't work with us, then we go the legal route to foreclose and then take the property back and then either keep the property or sell the property mm. off. So wow. it's a very, very small niche compared to a lot of the other yeah. You know, more well-known, the fix and flipping or um, landlording. You know, we don't do that. We're, we're basically becoming the bank and then trying to work with the homeowners. And it's been um, a very, very interesting ride over the last decade. I got into this back in 2008 when the United States was going through the Great Recession. Um, mm -hmm. I've been buying debt for a little while before that, but really made a name for myself. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But very busy in doing that because our biggest goal isn't to try to you know, kick people out of their homes or foreclose. We actually prefer to keep people in their houses if we can. Yeah, so wow. um, with everything going on with the Corona you know, pandemic and unemployment being huge here in the state and mm. mortgage defaults and, and business going out of business, we're about to be very, very busy over the next 24 to 36 months. In, in our wow. Niche. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a pretty nice niche. And, and I would say there, there's a deeper cause. I mean, what I hear is that you basically want to help people, right, to to keep their homes. So, so there, there's this deeper cause, I, I suppose. No, you're 100, you're 100 percent right. Because if you flash back when I first graduated college back in 2001, I bought my first house 
in 2002, bought a couple investment properties. And then I got laid off from my job as a financial advisor at that point. <laughs> and we were trying to make six mortgage payments, three first, three second mortgages on a private school teacher's salary because I was married at the time. And so I was a distressed borrower. And so luckily for me, I was able to get rid of those two investment properties and keep my primary house, my main house, without you know too much of a, a issues. And so I empathize dramatically with the borrowers out there that are struggling because most of them, it's not their fault that they've fallen on hard times, they've been laid off or, you know, their business is closed or they've been shut down. And so I really empathize with borrowers and realize that everybody goes through financial hiccups. You know, we all have ups and downs and I just really try to give somebody an opportunity, um, you know, a second or third chance if we can. And, and not everybody wants to take that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I empathize thinking back to what I was going through and how stressful it was back, you know, 20 years ago with what I was facing. And so that's really, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about that. Don't get me wrong. I don't run a charity. I like making money. Um, but it's a really great way with what we do in, in really trying to create a win-win. Win for us because we get the great returns, but it's also win for the borrower because we can keep them in their house and often they come out the better situation by working with us. But yeah, um, that's, that's kind of my, my passion for that. I like working with investors, but I got, I got to get started back as a real estate investor. And I was very fortunate to come out of <laughs> that bad period. I started working for a real estate investor here in Austin, Texas. Uh, I started a mortgage company with a buddy of mine. And for you know four years, I basically had an apprenticeship with this investor and his business partner and spouse. And he and she, really taught me creative financing, creative real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And so I had, like I said, a four-year apprenticeship, not only in the mortgage industry, but learning all this creative stuff about mortgages and distressed debt. Mm. So that when 2008 did hit, I left the mortgage business and went on my own and started you know, just calling banks on a regular basis to find out their distressed debt, working with borrowers, and uh, really shared my journey with like, you know, Facebook videos or you know, little blogs on the different deals I was working on. And so I started having, you know, um, investment clubs and meetup groups reach out to me to come out and speak to their audience, you know, to their, their group of investors, you know, not only locally in Texas, but, um, you know, across the country, even been asked to speak internationally a wow. few times. Yeah. And that's how kind of the note guy came because I would show up to investment club meetings and people say, hey, you're that note guy with the YouTube videos. <laughs> and it happened. It happened one night in San Antonio, the next night in Austin, Texas, two nights later in L.A., the next night in San Diego. So it kind of stuck as like, OK, I'm the note guy because it's there's only a couple of us out there that are teaching. This wow. Niche. Wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's <laughs> remarkable. Right. So becoming known as 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 really an expert. Right. So so in a niche, that's that's pretty amazing. And I was just wondering, because as far as I've seen that, you know, correctly, you've studied something else so you became an entrepreneur like did you have a experimentation phase where you were just trying to figure out what to do as an entrepreneur or did you just get into <laughs> real estate well i think i think everybody is i don't think entrepreneurs are born i think you learn it uh, i was very fortunate my parents were entrepreneurs you yeah know, yeah growing up so i had to work had the work ethic and i've always been surrounded um I think every entrepreneur struggles when they go from working at a regular job to being out on their own. There's a, there's a time that we either sink or swim. Yeah. Yeah. And I struggled initially trying to find my groove, trying to find out what I, my, you know, my uh, dedication, you know, the good habits, not sleeping until 10 AM, but getting up early to go out and hit the <laughs> pavement, and do whatever I need to do. Yeah. 
you know, a lot of people in real estate, when they become, they, they, they wake up at 10 and they end at three after the happy hour or the networking event. And entrepreneurs, everybody thinks, oh, you're a business owner. You must be rolling in cash. No, entrepreneurs work more hours than your traditional people. We work harder. But the beautiful thing is when you finally hit your groove and you're able to figure out how to make things work and make money and survive, it doesn't become work for the most part. It becomes something that you enjoy doing. So waking up early and having that drive to to either speak or get up in the mornings recording a podcast or get up and, and reach out to banks on a regular basis or to talk with your students or to teach classes. It becomes just part of your lifeblood, and yeah. you know, that's the biggest thing. I have been very fortunate to have some really good uh, mentors along the way that have helped me through good times and bad times with counsel. And so, I think as an entrepreneur, we we struggle with um, you know. I love your podcast. You know, the, the mindset is such a big thing for success. It either can work for us or it can work against yeah. us, and you know, we all have those negative thoughts. But it's it's having those positive influences that can really help us reprogram our brain so that when something bad does happen, you can overcome it and keep moving on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really passionate about this topic, you know, just helping entrepreneurs with the mindset. And it's interesting because my podcast is a little bit personal development oriented because we talk about the mindset and stuff, but I focus on entrepreneurs and and, and impact-driven entrepreneurs and more importantly, aspiring ones because I know I, for example, transitioned from from architecture to becoming to doing what I do today, and I was like, you know, all the time, every time, it can just come up. So, for example, fear. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur, or maybe you're moving from six figures to seven figures, eight figures, whatever it is, right? You are just stepping out of your comfort zones all the time. As an entrepreneur, at least this is my experience, and I'm curious about yours. But you know, having that mindset, I mean. For example, self-talk is big. Like, how do you talk to yourself? What are some of the thoughts that are going through your mind? Is it possible? Can I do that? Am I confident enough? So, you know, there's so many things. So I'm curious if you look back at your entrepreneurial journey and if you look back, like, what was the mindset or what are some of the mindsets or way of thinking that really contributed to your success and, and kept you, you know, moving forward? So I think, um, God, it's a great question. Um, part of it, I would say, is dogged stubbornness. <laughs> and I, I love you, that. You know, you just, you, you got it. It's the stickability. My, but I've got a mentor by the name of Greg Reed, who's the author of Thing and Grow Rich, Stickability, uh, Thing and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold, and he's done other things. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a great guy and learned a lot from him. But I think stickability, you got to stick with what you're doing. Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs think it's going to be easier than it's supposed to be. And you have to realize you have to gain this whole system, whatever you're doing. Um, people that you talk to aren't going to immediately want to fall down and hand you their credit card or work with you. It takes time. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. I had really good sales trainers when I was working for a company that taught me that really 80% of sales are made up for the fifth contact. So the key is not just that initial meeting, mm-hmm. but the initial sales call. You've got to put systems in place for follow-up. Follow up. Wow. That's huge. You know, follow up is huge because over 50% of sales, you know, salesmen or um, marketing guys never follow up with a, a second meeting. And yeah. so you've got to put that in a meeting, a phone call, and, you know, LinkedIn connection, Facebook. You really have to put systems in place and understand that, hey, you've got that really success isn't going to happen 
until you've got at least five or six touches with that client or that that ideal person that you're trying to to uh, convert or sell to. So that's the big thing is I learned that early on. And that's then, <clears throat> then you also have to realize this this comes from Greg as well. I I have to give him this is that I think we as entrepreneurs we get so worried about trying to make everybody happy, and that's physically mm-hmm. impossible. You're not going to make everybody happy. There are just p- ugly people out there that have a dark soul, a dark hole where a soul is supposed to be. All right. Yeah, yeah. Not going like, they don't like you because of your sex, your age, your color, your skin, your accent, your weight, what you wear. They're just gonna hate you because they they hate things. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And and Greg Green taught me early on that you have to divide your network into really three pools. You have that first third that are going to love you, your friends, your families, or your supporters, you know, people that like you to hang out with you. That's, you know, that's a group. That's your existing client base that loves you. Those, that's one third. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The opposite side is the, the last third is the people that don't, that are going to hate you no matter what. Like I said, yeah. yeah. You know, your competitors, people that don't know you, they just think something. And then what you have, you have that middle group that's on the fence that doesn't know you. Yeah. All right. So unfortunately, a lot of times when we market or send an email blast out or post a podcast episode, we focus on that negative group. You know, the negative response, the negative email, somebody saying something ugly on Facebook. Mm. When that's such a small number, when we should focus on those that love us, and trust yeah. us and that middle group. And as and if you understand that, A, if you've got negative comments or haters, you're actually doing something right because they're going to take time out of their busy schedule to bash you, which is okay. Great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what you're doing must be working if you've got haters, but yeah. you can't focus on that. Everybody, oh, my God, I sent an email out and I had a great, but I had two negative responses. Well, forget those two people. Yeah. Focus on everybody else. And that's that's hard to do initially because we want to like and trust people. But yeah, if, you, if we call it the 33, 33, 33 rule, focus on that middle, you know, that 66% of people, you'd be a lot happier. And, to, and if you keep focused on that, what will happen over time is the people that hate you will eventually get so sick and tired of seeing you and seeing you doing well that eventually either they'll just go away or you'll convert them over time and they'll be like hey do you remember when you i remember when you were back doing this and i can remember like yeah i can remember when you bashed me back when i was doing that you want to work with me now so yeah that's that's really a difficult thing but i think the sooner you can get to that in your mindset as an entrepreneur a business owner a podcaster you know that it makes life a whole lot easier to deal with and i I think it's less than i've i've learned from anybody you know be doggedly passionate about what you're doing and show up every day and, and don't worry about the haters. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest with you, I couldn't agree more. And this is something I, I'm not sure if we talked about this on the podcast. So it's a really great point, but this is actually my mindset. And I remember I had a conversation about this on, on Facebook with someone in actually my Facebook group. Someone asked me about this and, 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 and someone asked me about social media posts and such and and about haters and and people who might be interested in that piece of content and i realized that person was focused on uh people who are not resonating with the content so he was focused on the rejection right and yeah. for example the the haters you called it haters but let's say people who 
are not interested in what you have to say is is the rejection and and there's there's this fear of rejection right so we 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 fear that oh my god my content won't resonate and 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 we tend to focus on that that's true and so what whenever i post something and i realize this that it it happens to me as well that when i post something more often for example on social media right so i tend to sometimes think about that I actually annoy people with, you know, the post because I'm posting it, let's say too often, right? In a week or something like that. And I always remind myself now consciously that I have to think about those people who, for example, are interested in the content or or interested in the content and they didn't see it yet. They haven't seen it yet during the week. So I, let's say post it on Monday, on Wednesday and Friday, and I could say, oh, it's too annoying, right? So people have seen it on Monday, so I won't post it on Wednesday or Friday. Why should I post it, right? And I think about the people who are interested and they haven't seen it on Monday for some reason, right? So I post it on Wednesday with confidence because I know there are people who are interested in the content and they haven't seen it on Monday, for example, right? So that's a that's a great example, I would say, especially if you have something to say, if you have a podcast, you share something, and it's connected to your services as well. Like 100%, you share something, you know, you want to sell something online or something like that. And, and, and this is huge because I became conscious about that, but I wasn't. And um, I had this conversation with this person, as I said, on Facebook, and he was struggling with the same. He didn't have the courage to share his content. Mm. Yeah, so it's huge. So you have to think about the people who are supportive or you have to be focused on the people who are supportive and who are interested in what you have to say or offer. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, I think we haven't talked about this on the podcast before. One of the important, I want to throw that in there because I think it's important to realize too, Depending on where you're marketing, not everybody sees your stuff. So that's, I think it's one of the most important things is, is rebroadcasting your stuff because we know that what Facebook algorithms only allows really what 5% of your contacts to see your stuff. Oh, yeah. Email open rates only like 20%. Um, and not everybody sees that stuff. So you've got, and the, the use of tools works really good. You got to share it on Facebook and different groups. Yeah. And then you need an email out. I'll send it out, but then I'll also resend the same email out 24 hours later. Mm. to the same to the group that didn't open their first round of emails because I know they didn't see it and they may have gotten bogged down and so that gives me an additional five to ten percent open rate and, and more views that way but yeah. I think you know yeah I think we, we also have to realize too that people are busy they may see something and they get sidetracked with kids or work or the phone or something else and they don't get a chance to go back so that sometimes it's just a good to send a, an email out so hey just a reminder here's our newest episode or right? reminder Here's our class that we have this weekend, because honestly, I believe entrepreneurs, if you have something of value, God or whoever your higher power is really wants you to share that Mm. um, to to, to really add value to people's lives. And I think that's one of the most important things in just sharing again and again and again or doing a flashback or there's different ways to market. But I think you got to have that confidence in that, hey, it's people are busy and realize that, Hey, they didn't make that appointment immediately because they were busy or sidetracked. And they, a lot of times we all need gentle reminders or pushes to watch or sign up for something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's a great mindset. So really a way of thinking of, of, of this topic. Yeah. And I was wondering uh, if you would be willing to share 
your biggest failure or or some kind of a struggle throughout your journey, entrepreneurial journey, and how how you overcame that? So here, oh man, this this is something recently to Tipper um, in okay. the real estate space. In the real estate space, not every deal goes well. All right, we have we have great deals that do well, then we have some deals that just suck ass. Okay, yeah, that yeah. we strike out on. All right. Mm. And we've been doing this for 11 years, doing a great job. Well, we, uh, last year, we had some deals that went south on mm. us, okay? Mm. Working with three, trying to get them together. And we had our haters jump, find out about it. And they jumped online and started bashing us on, on different social media channels. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And they, very extreme. Like people that I've never done a deal with, never, like I had one conversation, went online and bashed me across all these Facebook groups. Wow. It was ugly. It was literally ugly. Wow. And that led to people that I've never done deals with believing what this person was saying when it wasn't accurate, mm-hmm. saying that I was committing fraud, which I wasn't. Wow. Um, it was totally online bullying, online stress at the worst, worst possible thing. Man, okay. that's pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it was tough. I was sending emails out and people said, you know, send me an email back, say you should be in jail. I hope you die. You know, I had... Um, really a sucker punch to the gut for this period. I mean, we were working the best we could to take care of our investors and we've taken care of a lot of them and we're still wrapping up a little bit, but for a period of 90 days there, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was very difficult. We had good deals where our investors that were part of the good deals got hurt, got found out about this and they got stressed out. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, literally like a million dollar capital call. People wanting to get out of their investments of over a million bucks. Wow. It took, so yes, stressed out. Um, my spouse, God bless her soul. She's my biggest fan. You know, she's stressed out because all these people are saying ugly things, which aren't true. Um, and so that was, a, that was a really tough period a year ago, literally right about a year ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, when you look at that stuff, you're like, listen, I know I'm not, I didn't do these things. People are telling me we're working through this. You know, we showed up. I reached out to my vendors and my sponsors for our show and stuff. I told them exactly what was going on. They all were like, okay, we understand that it happens to everybody at some point. You're doing the best that you can. We'll stick by you. Yeah, yeah, um, wow. You know, and so that's that was one of the most difficult things that we have, I've ever experienced. And it's wow. partially partially because our, our, we we've always built a community, built a good community of students and, and groups and, and, you know, and that kind of – People invaded that and we had to get rid of those, those people and just really kind of cut our losses on some of the deals and, and keep moving forward. So it would have been very easy to give up what I was doing, to stop what I was doing in the real estate space, to basically stop teaching, wow. to just go somewhere else. Because I even had friends like, you should probably stop what you're doing. I'm like, no, you're not understanding. You're only seeing, you're taking Facebook as the gospel, which we all know that's not the truth, but that's where most people get their news from. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just better. Okay. Okay. Let me kind of circle the wagons. Let me kind of step back a little bit here, evaluate some stuff. Let's focus on those that love us. Let's focus on doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very easy to try to want to jump on and and defend myself on social media. And we chose not to do that because that's a no win situation when you're dealing with haters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we just kept showing up with podcast episodes, talking about the business, you know, talking about deals. We just, hunkered down and kept our nose to the grindstone and delivering content, mm-hmm. valuable content and, and, and just showing through it. We've come through that 
pretty much for the most part. We still got a few stragglers out there that hate us, but that, that is what it is. Yeah. And I think our business is actually stronger now than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, I think we're really set up kind of like a farmer when he's got a plow under his crop. There's a period of time there that it may, it's difficult. You're not seeing stuff growing. You've got to, you know, sometimes it's bad, but eventually the new way you plant things, the new way that you do business, the, the lessons that you learn from your tough times make you a much stronger business going forward. And yeah. I, I you know, we had so many great people come out of the workforce and say, we love you. We support you. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be where we're at. And wow. you know, that's, I would say that's been one of the most powerful things is not giving up, sticking with it and and continue to keep stepping forward in this, you know, hurricane force wind of haters. Yeah. So uh, first off, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I appreciate it. And I was just wondering if you like, did you get some help with that or, or, or um, I, I was just wondering if, if, you know, if there's somebody or, or, or if this happens to, to anybody out there, what they can do. And, 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 and also what were some of your learnings and what did you change after that? So the best thing I can tell you is you want to, you want to surround yourself with like-minded people. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things. And I will tell you this, you will never have somebody who's above you talk that, you know, talk bad about you because yeah. people that are above you, they're too busy. So that's the one thing we kept in mind is a lot of the people that were talking bad, we'd already taken care of. They, they had other issues, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, and that's what you realize is if somebody's lashing out, they've got to be going through their own, you know, nightmare or chaos of some sort. What is up mindset nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset, entrepreneurship, or podcasting, or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation, or simply go to our website, mindsethorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says mindset nation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs 
where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility, and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's Mindset Transforming Conversation. The most important thing is to reach out and seek counsel. I reached out to several of my friends and, and, sh- and shared what was going on, and they, they'd been through their own hell in the past. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me great advice. I talked to a couple of attorneys. I, you know, I was, uh, on, when I had investors that reached out to me, we were honest with the situation, what was going on, and, and came up with a solution mm-hmm. to make things happen. That's really what most people want to hear is solutions to issues. They know things yeah. can go good or bad, but they want to hear solutions of some sort. So yeah. we've we've the biggest thing is we've changed on how we communicate. We've changed on who we actually look to partner with. Changed that up quite a bit, and then uh, you just made some other little internal changes on marketing and communication, and and um, yeah, uh, and that's that's really one of the most important things. The issues that happened, you know, some of them could have been avoided, and I take full responsibility for those. I always have, mm-hmm. but there was stuff that was outside of our control too that we couldn't control. So we've always been big on. The buck stops with me. I take accountability for everything. And I think you have to do that to be a successful leader. Yeah. Um, you know, I take, you know, I look at other things that have happened in the market and some of our, our, our best, I guess you could say heroes, people we look up, they've all gone through a living hell at some point. I mean, I was watching a documentary on Steve Madden, the shoe guy last night and uh, enjoyed that. But that I think that's the biggest thing is you're going to have peaks and valleys you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. The most important thing is to set back, not make irrational decisions when you're in an emotional state. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think we've all wanted to write emails that were ugly to people and it, it, that only worsened the situation. So taking yeah. the time to step back, think through it, not making no emotional drastic decisions when you're stressed out. That's one of the most important thing. And then being able to reach out to somebody that you, you like and trust that is can listen to you and can give you really great advice because they've been through it or they know somebody that's been there. That's the best advice I can give somebody when they're going through hell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 you said you didn't think about, you know, stopping what you do. I mean, did I understand that well? No, I, I did. There was there were some nights I was like, do I do I need to keep doing this? You know, and I kept thinking, I was like, listen, this is just a, a I had to keep telling myself this is a small time. Yeah, it seems stressful this week or this 30 days. Your 90 days seems stressful, but I know I'm going to come out. I know I have belief in myself. Mm, wow. Let's just, let's just keep plowing forward, keep plowing forward. We know that there's opportunities. We know that we didn't do anything wrong. We know that what's being spread is falsehoods. And so that's what we did. We just kept plowing forward and boom. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Uh, that's, that's great. I mean, not the situation, but, but. <laughs> the, the learnings from, from uh, well, what you know, you've shared. I, I know that I'm going to be in real estate a long time. I know that at some point, in the, whether it's a year or five years from now or 10 years from now, I'm going to look back at that point in my life and realize it made me stronger. I learned a lot. 
And I'll probably be laughing about that at, at some point. And wow. uh, I just have to keep, you know, that's, a, that's the thing. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know what I've got to outsource a little better now. And, you know, my mindset's a lot stronger than what it used to be because mm-hmm. I've been through something like that. Life is not always easy. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to develop a, a, an alligator tough skin sometimes <laughs> to keep, keep moving forward. Uh, whereas a lot of people have very thin skins and they have, they're affected by things. If you've got a very thin skin, I don't think you need to be an entrepreneur. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> obviously you have a much, much, much bigger experience, but, um, I agree because, because, you know, there, there might be situations where you're not that inspired or not that motivated or, or things happen like this. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is. Big. But you know, what I was telling myself is there's no option for, for giving up, for example, because after giving up, there's nothing, right? So there's nothing left after giving up. So you just have to go with the, with the, with the thing and then there's going to be difficulties as well, but, but that's part of the journey and the process. So, so it's kind of like, you know, and as you said, it, it's, it's, it's good because you have a stronger mindset, you, you learned and this is how you learn. This is how you grow, right? So that's kind of like uh, a benefit. I mean, <laughs> well, the thing is that you have to. Yeah, you got to grow. I mean, I, there, I'm not saying there weren't days I didn't want to get out of bed. I'm not saying there were days I was drinking a little bit more than I probably needed to, <laughs> to, to cope with things. But I think the most important thing is it can be overwhelming. And I just like had to sit down and I and operate. So, okay, let's just get something done. Let's make a list of what can I get done? Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna be, it didn't happen overnight. It's not going to be cleared up overnight. Let's just focus through what I, what can I do a little bit each day to rebuild momentum in the right direction? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Rebuild momentum. That's a great, great uh, phrase. Yeah. Step by step, chunk by chunk. Yeah. That's great. I um I again I appreciate you sharing that and 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 thanks for thanks for sharing the learnings. I wanted to also talk about your podcast because you became very successful at it. I would say in a short period of time. You know, it's subjective or I would say we've done pretty well. I would say yeah. You know, we're celebrating our, th- our three-year anniversary as a podcast. Yeah. Uh, we had you know, we've got over 600, 700,000 downloads on the podcast. I stopped looking. We averaged, you know, 20 to 30,000 downloads per month. Um, wow. We got our syndicated on 17 AM FM radio stations. So we see, you know, we've got six hours a week that we're live on, that we're on that with recorded episodes. And so we see, you know, 80 to 90,000 listens per hour. And that results in two and a half to you know, 3 million listeners per month on the radio network. Um you know, we've been sponsors. We've got sponsors for our podcast. I mean, we really, you know, we're re- recording episode 625, I think, Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that, I would say my podcast actually saved me during my rough time because that's what I did. I just went and started doing episodes, started training, and, and that was my little bit of momentum to get going. But I think yeah. that's the big thing is I just realized, okay, we're using this as a marketing piece. We're not just using it just the audio side. We record with video. So we take one piece of content. It's not just audio. It's also video. Mm-hmm. We also create infographics. We create a full blog post about each episode, put that to our website yeah, and, and really share it everywhere because we are in a small niche. Mm-hmm. The more we can get it out, the better. But that's the thing is that we dominate our niche. There's a few other podcasts that have popped up in, in, on the note space. You know, my podcast is the note closer show. Yeah. And 
it's half the time it's me interviewing people and the other half the time it's me teaching lessons. And I just think if it's with anything, you just got to show up on a, a day out, day in, day out basis. You got to make it a part of your marketing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really what we have done is, okay, what are we marketing today? And the first hour of the day is usually marketing in some sort of fashion. It's usually either being uh, on a podcast like with you today or yeah. doing our own podcast episode as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I kind of like wanted to think about, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs who might be thinking about starting a podcast for business reasons. So I'm just curious about your journey with podcasting. So did you start it? you know, consciously because of business reasons as a marketing tool or was it a passion project in the beginning? How how did it unfold? So it, I did not want to do a podcast initially. Oh, I didn't really? <laughs> yeah, I was actually dead set against it because I'd been, here's the thing, Tipper, I've been doing uh, webinars mm-hmm. and, you know, I've been doing webinars for years, for like eight years. Every Monday night, we have something called Note Night in America. That's now its own podcast, but we would do a coaching call Every Monday night, and we'd have 100 to 500 investors on there. It was a great way to connect mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. And I went to Las Vegas. I was at an event, and I heard uh, Kevin Harrington, who's from Shark Tank, get up and talk about the, the future is video. Mm-hmm. The future is video. Video, 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 video. This is going back to like 2015, 2016. So I came home. That was, that was a Halloween weekend in Vegas. I come home November 1st, and I tell my staff, okay, we're going to start doing daily videos to yeah. our audience, a way to be like a fly in the wall or what's going on in our business for the day. What are we focused on today? And so I started doing these Facebook lives with my cell phone, with my iPhone as the camera, like holding it and <laughs> yeah. live streaming straight to Facebook live. And we did 150 days straight, basically business days, 150 episodes on wow. Facebook live. And it was during that time frame. You know, I had a buddy of mine that I met who was producing somebody else's podcast. And he's like, you and you get all these great videos. You should do a podcast. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Too much work. We had some students of ours, some good friends of ours at the time who were doing a podcast. I was like, oh, that's their thing. I don't want to copy them. Let them have that. It's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that six months, the people that my, you know, my buddies that were doing a podcast, they after like two years, they stopped suddenly. Like, we're not going to do it anymore. I'm like, OK, that's a mistake. You guys have a lot of success there. And the guy that approached me, he's like, listen, you should still do a podcast. Because I saw him at another event six months later. I was like, uh, he goes, look, we can do all the work for you. We do the production. You don't even have to change how you're doing it. You can send us the Facebook Live video or the Zoom video link, the audio, and we'll do all the work for you. I was like, what? You know, I'm like, you don't have to do it. I can outsource that. And he was like, yeah. I was like, what the hell? Let's do it. You know, saw an opportunity where the main podcast in that niche was going away. We saw an opportunity to step in. I didn't have to add any extra work to my, my schedule. So we did it. Wow. And you know, that's then it's been something like, okay, it, it isn't work yet. I'm like, okay, it's great because I get to interview my experts, the people that I'm learning some, or I can teach. Mm. And it's really been become one of our number one, if not top two ways to find clients. Wow. Uh, of either having a yeah, I mean it's it's been great. Six hundred twenty-five episodes. It's helped me get booked on almost two hundred other podcasts too, as doing interviews like this one with you, and that's been yeah. a great as well. But uh, yeah, podcasting has revolutionized our business in a variety of ways because of that. Wow, that's pretty pretty great, and and great to hear that. So I suppose you know the success of the podcast helped with that. I mean, I mean, 
the podcast itself became successful in terms of download numbers and popularity. I suppose it was because of the niche and it mm. was very unique. Am I right? Or what was the what was the reason? There's two things I would say to it. One is the niche helps, definitely, because we are very niche mm-hmm. stuff. But I think the second most important thing is consistency. I mean, when you crank out three to five episodes that are, you know, 20 to an hour long, we really provide a ton of content. Yeah. And the fact that we embrace it because we studied we studied the market, our marketing for the first year. So we kept track of, okay, how many views did we see on the episodes on Facebook Lives? What did we see on YouTube? And then what did we see as far as downloads? Mm-hmm. So we really kept track of that for the first year. And so we saw 150,000 views on Facebook Live on those episodes throughout the year. We saw over 80,000 views on the videos on YouTube. And we had 150,000 downloads in our first full 12 months. And so I was like, okay, we're going to keep sharing it everywhere because our audience is a little bit older than your traditional podcast listener. You know, that, uh, yeah. what they say, especially here in the United States, that only what 26% of the population listens to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and our avatar, our listener is predominantly like 35 to 65. They're a little bit older crowd. Yeah. So we looked at the numbers, we looked at the stats and said, okay, we've got to, sh- we're going to keep doing the podcast. Because we're hitting this kind of this younger audience a little bit, but let's keep sharing it everywhere else. Let's keep sharing to Facebook, sharing it to YouTube, because that way we kind of spread our net out and hit the whole thing. So uh, it's been consistent, but it's also because of the fact that we share it everywhere to really get eyeballs and earballs from different sources, mm-hmm. different places for people to, to listen in or watch the content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was trying to figure out your frequency and I wasn't sure if it's a daily show <laughs> or, but it's over 600 episodes in three years. So it's, there's a, um, is it a daily show? I'm not sure because not there quite. were. We, go, we, we average three to five episodes a week for the most part. So yeah, some we're knocking out five episodes. Sometimes it's three episodes. Sometimes we get ahead of time, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've, we've taken a break a little. We, t- we only took a couple of weeks break sometimes. Like with everything that hit here in COVID, we took a month to really kind of figure out where everything was going. And we did a few episodes. But for the most part, like I said, we crank out. I think I, the average is three and a half episodes every week since since we began. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what's your experience. I mean, you've said that this has become one of the main marketing tool or or lead generation tool, if I may say so. I would say one of my biggest uh, you know, positive experiences with podcasting was the connections. So mm-hmm. um, the connections that I could make, I could make through podcasting. So connecting with really uh, great people and and then staying in touch with them. Uh, I don't know if it it has been something that you you've experienced too. I would I would one hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah. we've seen that with people like a guy this morning reached out to me this morning. He says he's been listening to my podcast. He loves what we teach. He signed up for our workshop that we advertised oh. from the podcast. You see, um, a guest, right? Yeah, a total guest, yeah. and yeah. We, we see that a lot. We've heard, I've had people that have come into our coaching, our high end coaching, because they listen to me on my podcast after listening to me on somebody else's interview, somebody else's mm-hmm. show. Yeah, and so they called immediately and wanted to sign up for a high end, you know, fifteen thousand dollar coaching program, which mm. you know, you dance a little jig then. Because they're like, oh, I've watched all your videos. I've listened to all your podcast episodes. They like know that my dog was sick or that, you know, um, you know, that I was getting ready to take a trip 
or other things that were going on. I had some one guy show up with Cuban cigars and a bottle of Crown Royal because I mentioned it on the podcast at one point, which is kind of funny. You know, um, for our, like our international listeners, we'll talk about, like, hey, if you're international, send us your flag and we'll send you some fun stuff. So we have had flags from different countries showing up wow. from our internationally. So it, it's, you get all sorts of weird things, but it, it really builds you realize how small the world is getting on a, a day in, day out basis. You never know. You know, like we, we track and you know, we are you know, big in the United States, but we're also big in New Zealand, Australia, wow. uh, Spain, London, uh, England, Israel. We've got quite a few students actually in Israel. Wow. And then That's I think awesome. we've got one listener in, in Russia. I think it's Putin listening to our stuff. In, in, in <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I was just thinking because when it comes to monetization, for example, one thing I have never considered was monetizing guests. So guests can also uh, become clients or partners or affiliate partners or whatever it is. So I definitely didn't think about that when I started the podcast. So this is just for the listeners I wanted to share. And uh, Scott, I wanted to ask you about book recommendations as we are uh, coming to the end of this episode. So do you have anything in mind you would recommend to the listeners? Um, mindset, business, books? Yeah, there's there's a couple that come to mind. One is written by Napoleon Hill and Sharon Lecter. Napoleon Hill is the author of Think and Grow Rich. And Sharon Lecter yeah. is the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Both of those books are great, but they also... Uh, Napoleon wrote a book called Outwitting the Devil back in 1938 that was never published. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, the Napoleon Hill Foundation found the manuscript a few years ago um, and went to his wife, who's still around. Unfortunately, Napoleon passed on. And he, she was like, oh, yeah, I didn't want him to release that because in 38, 1938, that was a very controversial subject about having a conversation with the devil. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the manuscript was given to Sharon Lecter, who who basically published it, you know, left it in Napoleon's words. She only added like paragraphs at the end of each chapter, what she thought and how she thought Napoleon would think of today. And the book is basically a conversation with Napoleon talking with the devil, uh, how he is able to distract people. And it talks about entrepreneurs, those that are successful, the ones that really kind of put away, um, they get rid of the shiny object syndrome. They're very focused. They avoid distractions and they're able to do more good in the world because they're more efficient and proficient at getting what they need to get done. Mm-hmm. Those that struggle are the ones that have the shiny object syndrome or the squirrel syndrome. They're chasing a variety of things. They drift away from their main focus. So the more focused you can be, the more successful you're going to be. That's how you out with the devil. And it's one of our favorite books. I've probably given away hundreds of the hundred, hundreds and hundreds of copies from our different workshops and teachings. And Sharon has actually wow. come up because uh, I met her at a couple of events, but that would be the number one book I would recommend to any entrepreneur out there because we so struggle with that focus and being consistent in our activities on a regular basis. Wow, that's that's pretty huge. And then uh, someone else recommended that book on the show, and then I haven't read it yet. But now you kind of convinced me because I'm a huge believer of the <laughs> of the I don't know focus, like follow one course until success or the one thing. Like I I I have been focusing on the podcast a lot so since I started you know, a little more than one year ago. And I have been just, how can I become better at it? Now I'm launching a new podcast. It's called Podcast Interview Mastery because I just wanted to talk about how to hone your craft as a podcaster. And um, 
I, I was wondering when you said focus, is it something, a subject or a, or a mission or a purpose? What, what is it exactly when, when, when you say, you know, focus? Focus means on whatever your direction is. It could be if you're focused on treating yeah. on, you know, like I'm in the note space. My focus is on buying and selling and investing in distressed debt. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm not trying to do 12 other things. Mm-hmm. I'm focused. It means, honestly, it means getting comfortable saying no. Yes. We all get so many things to us. And those that say yes to everything, you end up burning yourself out or mm-hmm. not being effective. So go out and fill your cup first, fill it till it overflows and feed the world with your overflow. Mm-hmm. Don't try to go do a, a variety of things. And we see so many people out there, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. And they're, they're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yeah. So really the book talks about masking your craft, being focused on it. And then once you're successful, then go and donate to charities or then go donate your time to other places. Mm. But it's your, get your shit done is I guess. <laughs> you know, and be focused on that and say no to things. If, and if you look at every entrepreneur out there, every one we look at, they've all gotten good at saying no to things that don't help them push their main objective along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we actually tapped into this topic here. You're closer to the end because it's, it's a huge one. And, you know, projects and ideas came to my mind that I, you know, all the time I have several ideas, right? But I kind mm-hmm. of force myself to focus on the one thing. And then for me, it's been podcasting mainly. Now the topic is a little bit, you know, as a medium, I would say, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm glad I'm glad that you, you've shared this book and, and, and the insights. So uh, before I ask my last question, Scott, tell the listeners where they can find you online. <laughs> well, the easiest place is just to go to uh, weclosenotes.com. That's our main website, weclosenotes.com. And uh, you'll find our different podcasts that we do there, trainings and what we do. You can always drop me an email at scott at weclosenotes.com. And if you'd like to talk, I make it very easy if you just go to talkwithscottcarson.com. That actually takes you directly to my, my calendar to book 30 minutes with me to talk about what you're, what you're looking to talk with. So talkwithscott.com or scott at weclosenotes.com. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, as always, mindsetshorizon.com forward slash podcast. And my last question is drum roll please <laughs> what is your mission and your your mission and then your future vision kind of like your your business vision so i always try to set i'm a big i always try to pick one to three goals as a maximum of on an annual basis of what i want to focus on and obviously 2020 has been a, a bit of a craziness for everybody out there so <laughs> a bit. I everything to help a thousand investors really understand and tap into buying distressed debt here in the next 12 months, a thousand students that go through our, our, you know, our one day workshop and then at least other things from there. But that's one of the biggest things is I, with everything going on and being crazy in the real estate market here with banks and people in default, I've really got a passion for the next 12 months. Like to say that, like I said, to help a thousand real estate investors tap into the distressed debt space. That's our, our number one goal. Um, is what we focus on. And that leads to a lot of good things, helping borrowers, helping banks and, and everything. But it all comes down to that. And I even did something here uh, 10 years ago. 
if you got time, 10 years ago, I sold everything I owned to Burr and I drove around the country for what I thought would be 30 weeks, turned into three years, three to four years of nonstop travel, talking to banks, investors, and with everything being shut down again and not mm-hmm. being able to do that travel, I set up, I said, okay, let's do that virtual tour. Mm-hmm. Let's do that tour again, but do it virtually. So I picked the, the 40 biggest cities in America and I started focusing an hour on each city and sharing what's going on with unemployment and foreclosure rates and the banks in those states and where the future opportunities lie. And so mm, we wow. did a, a virtual tour, you know, sometimes two webinars back to back on a night for the last three weeks, we've got about another week left of it. So 40 cities, 40 different markets to study and sharing that with our network and our audience mm. on the is Not only is it going to be valuable to investors when things kind of shake up, but we're also setting the groundwork for it to be great content. So when people are searching for what's going on in Jacksonville, Florida, what's going on in Austin, Texas, our videos pop up and it leads to a variety of things. And we're already seeing a lot of traction from that. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and that biggest goal is to really plant those seeds so we can harvest here in the next 90 to 120 days. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much. Honored to be here, guys. And I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this, do Timber a favor. Click on over and hit the subscribe button and then leave him a five-star review. He's doing an amazing job with some great stuff out there. He's not paying me to say that. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And we as podcasters, we love seeing those reviews. We love seeing that feedback. So if you've enjoyed it or hate it, leave a review. You'll love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Timber. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.